capitalism is know, running a little too rampant for my taste these days. Okay, do you want to know what we're going to talk about today? I am so excited. This is really fun. I learned new things. Uh, we're going to talk about Peloton. <laughs> Yay! Yeah. All right. Uh, welcome to Meet Me in the Middle, the podcast where we talk about the, you know, oftentimes problematic wellness world and, uh, you know, hash through finding middle ground because there's always middle ground. And that's kind of where the magic lies. My name is Jenny Omani. I am a registered nurse and business owner. I'm Annika Buckle. I am along for the ride. <laughs> Get it, ride, Peloton. Ride. That's, a, that's what really I good. Oh, that was clever. Uh, what do you know about Peloton? Oh, I mean, that's, I, you, I just told you everything I know. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> my husband and I uh, call it Pelican because we think it's really funny. Um, and that's about all I got. <laughs> I know that this was a big thing when um, kind of lockdowns happened, when everybody's mm-hmm. gym closed down at home fitness became a really big deal, um, mm-hmm. for a lot of people. And so where previously, I think, you know, you could justify your gym membership. Now people pour that into at home workouts. And I think that having a stationary bike with like really fun, um, instructors was probably really appealing. I also, when I was with Lululemon, um, was kind of like the rise of the soul cycles, like the, mm. the nightclub, uh, the rise and then Fall the rise and fall. Soul <laughs> so a lot of podcasts out there about the rise and fall of soul cycle. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I, it kind of just has that feel to me. Like I, I was, you know, I was in New York, I was going to flywheel. I was going to soul cycle, you know, oh, as okay. part of our brand partnerships in that kind of like heyday. So I imagine it's like that only instead of it, like a darkened room with candles, you're in like your garage or wherever you've like stuck mm-hmm. your bike. There you go. There's it's everything just like I know. the the next wave, right? All these things come right. trends. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to put a bias disclosure. So if you ever go to, I'm sure this happens in other, um, areas, but at medical conferences, the first slides always their disclosure slide. And it's a great idea. Cause it just says if they, anything that could potentially be conflict of interest. Um, and you do listen to the presentation differently when you know, like if they're affiliated with a company or whatever. I so feel like that should be like a rule on social everywhere. media, like everywhere, yeah. everyone in your bio, here's your like bias. Cause again, I know I've said this before, but I will never stop saying it. Everybody has a bias. And if they say they don't, totally. they're liars. <laughs> yeah. So my bias is that I have a Peloton and I fucking love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, so that's my bias. I do have one. I do enjoy it immensely. Um, so much so, and I'll talk about this later that I forgot some of these like very notable things because I love it so much. I was like, oh, wow, that's terrible. And also <laughs> I'm going to go ride my Peloton. <laughs> so that's my disclosure statement. I love my Peloton. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so basically just for, for people like Annika who don't really know about Peloton, there's probably <laughs> Annika and like one other human. <laughs> The two of you this out is there. Why, this it's hey other person. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Annika's soul sister. Um, okay. It's basically a really expensive bike or treadmill with like a and it, there's an app uh, that goes with it. So on the bike or the treadmill, there's a there's a TV screen 
And so you just stream through the screen screen. There's also an app. So you can do like, uh, we have a TV where our sort of basement gym, I use the term gym very loosely. It's like a yoga mat with some free weights. Um, you can stream it through there. So like on your Apple TV, there's like a Peloton app thing and you can like stream it. Um, they record classes daily. They stream from, uh, during lockdown, they were streaming from instructors homes or they have a bunch of different studios. Um, in London, Hudson Yards and Manhattan. I don't know where Hudson Yards is. I sh- probably should have looked that one up. But anyways, there's a studio there. Um, and then you basically have an on-demand library that you can access 24-7. And they make up to 19 new classes a day. So there's wow. a ton of con- It's actually amazing. Like there's a ton of content. It's actually, if you're somebody who has decision problems, this is probably your worst nightmare. <laughs> Um, I was just going to say I'm paralyzed already. Just oh, it's okay. It. There's ways you can like set filters and everything, but yeah, right. it's like, it's a, it, the catalog is phenomenal and very over, very overwhelming. It's quite robust. So they have everything from straight training, um, meditation. I love their meditations. This is my bias coming through. I do like one a day. They have great morning meditations, nighttime meditations, um, yoga, stretching, cardio boot camps. They do outdoor fitness walking like it's literally it's like everything it's incredibly nightmarish if you are a decision fatigue person i just keep Um, thinking about like when i open up a menu and it's like 14 pages and i'm like oh no yeah it's like that (laughs) but like you're like there's so many choices i'm just gonna keep scrolling now i will say like they're obviously smart people so when you log in to your, when you sign into your bike, it's like, this is what you're probably going to like, think there's an algorithm built into it and whatnot. But yeah, no, if you, I remember like the first time literally just messaging a friend and being like, tell me what I'm doing first. Just tell me I did a Britney Spears ride with Cody Riggs. Yeah. I just need somebody (laughs) to tell me what to do. I also couldn't unclip from my bike and had to yell for help. Um, and Dave had to help me unclip from my bike. So let's do a little bit of Peloton history. So, um, Peloton actually started in 2012 um, there was a whole bunch of founder co-founders, but, uh, the, the one that just sort of comes up when you read things is John Foley he used to be a Barnes and Noble e-commerce executive, mm. um, bachelor's degree in science and industrial engineering. And then he's got an MBA from Harvard for, so like really your very typical, um, like white guy business dude (laughs) business dude totally and to be honest there's not a ton of information on him like he seems to just be like pretty boring and like a business guy and like whatever anything you find googling is related to peloton so i mean that's probably a good thing um and there's really not a lot of infos on the other on the other founders interestingly if you go to their website go to the leaders their leaders section there's 10 leaders is what they're called and three of them are um, visible people of color and three are women. So that's actually like, obviously not he- like the best mix, but like not too bad for like a really large company founded by a, presumably a white guy with some other white guys. Um, so John Foley, he uh, was really into boutique fitness. So 2012, like you're saying, this is probably when you were soul cycling and all that boutique fitness was like really in hot yoga, all that stuff. And really expensive. Do you remember going to like pay and paying like 30, 35 bucks? And yes, absolutely. For a class. Yep. Yeah. Yep, I remember totally. doing a Bikram's yoga class before everything about Bikram came out <laughs> and actually being like, I just paid like whatever, 30 bucks to hate the last 90 minutes. I think it was long too. Was it 90 minutes? Yep. It is. Yeah. And like, I just felt, and I remember like 
only being allowed to drink water at certain times. Yes. Like I just remember being like at the time as a young human with like, just thinking it was really weird. And now I look back and think, Oh, it's wrong anyways. And then everything came out about Bikram and it all made sense. So he was really into boutique fitness. Um, and he noticed that when he did instructor led workouts, it was way more, more rewarding than when he went to the gym by himself, which makes perfect sense. I mean, hundred percent, a hundred percent. I need like, a thing yeah. that starts on a time with a person to tell me what to do. Otherwise I just can't. <laughs> oh, I'm totally the same way. A hundred percent. Um, so he wanted to figure out a way to bring exercise classes home. And he, they were very clear from the beginning, their target demographic was working professionals, essentially people who had money for boutique fitness, but they didn't have time for it. Hmm. So for all the critiques about costs, like keeping in mind that they were never, ever trying to be an affordable, accessible for everyone company. That was not their goal. Their goal was basically what they, their problem was their literally their problem. Mm -hmm. And they were trying to solve their own problem as executives for large companies right in Manhattan, the cheapest city to live in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, this part blew my mind because I genuinely don't know a lot about investor sourcing and maybe people who this is not news to them will be like, duh, the amount of money they crowdsourced from investors is fucking insane. Yep. <laughs> For somebody who's like, we're going to start a business. Like I've started a business and I sure as fuck did not source, uh, just under $4 million to start. Um, and then they had to raise another 300 K through Kickstarter. They did a Kickstarter then in 2014. So this is almost two years. They get 10 and a half million in investor funding. Like, that sounds more like by- the numbers that I'm used to hear. Like, I mean, it, my husband is a CFO, so like, I'm used yes, to hearing Jenny. numbers like 40 million or 60 million because I just can't imagine, um, being at it's a place not, where I was real money anyway. <laughs> well, and the risk, right? Like <laughs> I wouldn't be able to sleep at night if I knew that I had like right. all of these people lending me money and that they would literally be hunting me down for it. Uh, okay. So then, yeah. So next for 10 and a half million, uh, they get the bike ready. They start selling bikes to the public. So that's April, 2014. And then they open up a studio in Manhattan, which I'm sure was not inexpensive to do because Manhattan is, I mean, Manhattan. Manhattan. So that's so what, 2014. So this is 2014. So they have sales. They're slow, but steady. Um, in 2015, they get $30 million. There's some money that you're more used to hearing in investor funding. <laughs> so keep in mind, this is all investor funding to this point, 30 yeah. million in investor funding, um, to expand, uh, brick and mortar retail locations and to accelerate bike production. Then the challenge was getting bikes in people's homes faster and more efficiently. So to meet this demand, they basically hired their own delivery teams, um, mm, to deliver Amazoned bikes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, no, it's like a Peloton. No, I mean, like, actually they did yeah, what yeah. Amazon does, right? It's like, yeah, Oh, we'll just over. do this ourselves. Yeah. We'll do our own fulfilling. Yeah. Yes. And actually, uh, I'm not sure it doesn't say exactly what year this is, but I got my Peloton in 2020 really creative of me. <laughs> you, you and everyone uh, else. And mine came from like private delivery guys. Hmm, interesting. So, so I think that they probably still do this. I mean, it's a really heavy giant product and you, they set it up for you. So you would, Oh, it's pretty hard more... to get. Yeah. The yeah, quality right? or the reliability or the timeliness. Yeah, totally. I think it probably just solved a lot of problems to, uh, you know, rather than third party, just do it them. Yeah, totally. 
So at the end of 2015, they get another 75 million in investor <laughs> funding to expand its software engineering team. And then in 2017, they get more funding to the tune of 325 million, <laughs> which is used um, for user uh, product growth. So this is where they bring in yoga classes, uh, more studio locations and that sort of stuff. More variety. Yeah. And then in 2019, they go public. That was going to be my next question is when did the ICO <laughs> because yeah, 2019. Yeah. So that's kind of the timeline in terms of them going like the, the overall trajectory, then the pandemic hits and we know what happens, right? Like it's the ordering is through the roof and they did this thing that so many companies do when they have massive growth, they, th they think it's sustainable and they hired all the people. They built up this yep. huge robust <laughs> fulfillment team. They did everything because this was never going to change, right? That curve was just going to keep going. Right. Um, and at its peak, the company's worth $50 billion. So those investors did okay. <laughs> <laughs> nobody's, nobody's going home crying in their empty no. bag. <laughs> no. No. And um, I don't know if they still do it, but initially they would offer their instructors shares within Peloton too. Mm, so like those, in, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's kind of like a trendy thing yeah. to do at the beginning of companies. Like well, I think they probably don't still, but it feels they, I mean, they might. good to people, right? Like it's a feel good thing when you're like, because Oh, I have a chance to, to it. Yeah. Yeah. But they're exactly. like, they become more, I think psychologically you are more um, attached to the business because Absolutely. you are tied to how well it does. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if they still do that. I kind of suspect they, I mean, maybe they started again. I don't know, but right. they definitely did at the beginning. Um, and then this is where like, nobody's surprised late 2021 sales are like just dropping super drastically. Things are open. People can go to the gym. I mean, really any business that like, I kind of hate the term goes going viral, but like for lack of a better term goes viral. Like right. it's not forever. So they start seeing decrease in sales. So they do the things they always do. Um, John Foley, their like co-founder was the CEO. So he steps down. So he remains on and with a huge, uh, amount of shares, <laughs> um, but he stays on as the executive chairman. Um, but in, in February of this year, 2022, uh, they drop 2,800 employees, which is about 20, 20% 20 of its workforce. And this is where a lot of the criticism comes is it's like, they've done all these layoffs and, and all of this stuff. Um, and I think it's just that they really like naively thought they were never gonna, their growth was never going to change and they just couldn't afford well, and I to think keep everybody. The flip. The flip side is when you have demand, you have to meet it, you know, especially totally. in your public yeah. company, you can't like leave money on the table. No. If that means that it's not going to last forever, you still have to make hay while the sun shines a little bit. Right. Well, and the criticisms prior to this are fulfillment's taking too long. Right. <laughs> you can't have it. <laughs> so fulfillment's taking too long. So they hire all these people to ramp up production and, and whatnot. And then they don't need them. So they lay them off. And it's, yeah, it kind of almost reads witch hunty with, well, right. all these layoffs and how dare they. And it's like, well, I mean, what do you do when you don't need somebody in a job anymore though? <laughs> and it sucks that it was such a large number of yeah. people, but I mean, and of course the people they're laying off are going to be the lower income, the, like, cause, because that's who they don't need. They buffed up their fulfillment team. Yeah. Not their executive team. Right. <laughs> So yeah, so it, it sucks. Um, well, and but... I always find it really interesting oftentimes when you kind of dig into what 
like big layoffs look like often Mm -hmm. actually what you end up seeing is quite a bit in the middle that goes because you can keep some of your cheapest Mm. employees and just give them more Mm. work. Mm -hmm. Um, and obviously you're going to keep nine times out of 10, you keep your executives similar, (laughs) if not identical. Um, but I I think a lot of times that's often where it's easy to kind of cut, to bring your bottom line in a little bit more with what you and or your shareholders need or want. Mm, That's interesting. And it makes perfect sense. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. Um, especially just depending on how you've structured your business. Right. And I can imagine if you've got a bunch of retail locations, Mm -hmm. you're going to have, you know, people that work at the stores, you're going to have people that manage the stores you can have. Right. And you can, you can say, get rid of the manager by having rotate throughout the day who's in charge or do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, or like all of a sudden, I mean, really common, like, Oh, all of a sudden, you know, your regional manager, this happened again. This has happened to me in previous retail companies when I've been managing an area, <laughs> yeah. it's like, Oh, all of a sudden you're now the entire East coast instead of yeah. just the Northeast coast. Good luck with twice the accounts. <laughs> yeah. And the same, but we're not paying you more. No, of course not. We can't afford to pay you more. <laughs> they do that in banking too. Congratulations. You're doing such a good job. Here's a bigger portfolio. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's very capitalism. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, that's what happened. Right. Um, let's talk about controversies because to be perfectly honest, other than like that, they're two of the controversies are so funny. (laughs) (laughs) Two of them are like, not that funny. Um, do you want to talk about the funny ones first or the not so funny ones? Maybe let's talk about the not so funny ones. Yeah. And then, and funny. Like, okay. Yeah. Oh, let me, the weekend, the week. It's me like, scroll, it's like, tell me the bad news back. first. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know I was, I had it set up chronologically, but I think we'll just throw it out because yeah, the, yeah. Okay. So we're going to just scroll past funny things. <laughs> really be not funny. Um, so this is where my bias came in because when I read this, I was like, oh my God, yes, that was a really big deal. And I forgot it entire. Uh-huh. I like literally rode my Peloton and it like was just rode away. away from it. <laughs> um, so in May, 2021, the U S consumer product safety commission warned people with children and pets to immediately stop using Peloton treadmills after a child died oh, no. because it got sucked under the <gasps> treadmill. Oh God. And 40 other kids were injured Four zero. I'd throw up in my mouth a little bit when you said that. Awful. That's terrible. Super terrible. Um, and I guess, so you know how most treadmills have that like emergency Emergency, key? yeah. So it didn't have that. That feels like a real design flaw. But also it the treadmill was like sucking things up underneath it. So like, is the key going to stop whatever mechanism of physics is right. sucking <laughs> things from behind? Jeez. I don't know if it was like the shape of the treadmill or what, but, um, that was a thing. So they do issue a recall. Um, they put on a pass key so that, um, kids can't like start it by themselves. You know, kids can't be kids and like go. Right. Um, and they basically somehow fix this design situation. So it can't do that. Um, I've never heard of that. Like, not that this really speaks to when I looked, when I tried to search to see if this was like an issue with treadmills, mm. of course, all it's giving me is like right. the Peloton stories. <laughs> right. So, and I don't know, I couldn't find any other like safety warnings for this issue with treadmills. There's lots of like, don't be like, don't like 
jump off of it while it's moving. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like those. Yeah. So it kind of seems like it's unique to Peloton, but like, that's like, that's really horrifying. That's awful. Especially you think about like how many people are in this situation with a Peloton in their living room, because now everything is happening in your living room and you have kids and you're yeah. still trying to work out. And I mean, I just feel like it's, that's like half their, half the market. <laughs> just like Totally. Totally. And like, who has, I mean, we have a gym at our house. It's in our basement, which is where our TV room is, which right. is where the which children is where are. The children are. <laughs> right. yeah. We don't have the, we don't have a treadmill though. We have the bike. Um, so yeah, that's like the saddest of them all. And then this was interesting. So I found one article that basically said that black employees were being undercut by Peloton compared to white employees. So they were being paid in this article said $15,000 a year, less than their white counterparts. What was interesting about this is, is this is 2021. So it really should have been a time that would have been easy to have this go like and blow up Mm. and it didn't. Hmm. So, so I don't want to dismiss it as not happening. I just feel like, um, I was just surprised to not see this talked about more. But I think, so there's a few reasons I think maybe that is, um, this whole thing, basically all the articles that talk about this are from garbage online sources, <laughs> like pop sugar, right? The most reputable I could find was business insider, which then I had to look into business insider because right. I don't know a lot about them. And they're kind of heavily criticized for, um, clickbait headlines and not, they have this policy to have anonymous um, informants, right. Which, which makes is it really problematic. hard. Yeah, yeah. Which I also get why people want to be anonymous. Of course. And I mean, <sighs> it just feels very tabloidy, things. right? It's like a source close to the princess says, you're like, yeah. do they though? And even amongst like, um, like black news sources, this didn't pick up. Hmm. Interesting. So, you know, it's kind of, so, I mean, I wonder too how much of that to is just that there that racism is so prevalent that and but you and- think with a big company like Peloton, it would so and Peloton. Okay, so what happened is I guess there was um, approximately two hundred full time employees of Peloton that created the Black at Peloton Slack group, um, and they began discussing issues over salary. And some said they felt they were compensated less than the industry standard. Um, And one employee said, this is the thing. These are where the sources come in. One person says that she had 11 years of IT experience and she made 57,000 a year as a level four. And another employee with eight years of IT experience said her salary was bumped up to 51 only after negotiations. Like they're, 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 so they're grumbling about pay, but even when they, they quote from this Slack chat, they don't say what the white people are getting paid. So I don't know, like, is everybody just getting paid? Not is everybody underpaid? I don't know. It's kind of hard to say, right. With the information available. Like, I don't want to belittle it, but it's like the information that is there. Yeah. Cause all they mention is screenshots, um, and a review of internal documents, but they don't quote, they don't say what internal document right. Peloton's response is that the company doesn't pay below the competitive market rate, but that compensation is based on varying levels, such as geography and experience. Uh, and I think this sounds like red, redlining for, <laughs> well, but pay. like, let's look at this from a different angle. And we've talked about this. 
my husband's job in Vancouver pays less than the same job within the same bank in a different part of the company. Right. Because people want to live in Vancouver. Right. If he moved to somewhere less desirable because it's harder to get people there, they will pay them more. Right. It's not hard to find people to work in Vancouver. It is harder to find people to work in Kamloops. <laughs> so for them to say they pay people differently geographically is not unheard of. No, but it also feels like a pretty convenient thing to be able to say. Well, I'm willing to bet a lot of their black employees are going to come mm-hmm. from similar geographic areas. I'm just guessing, right? Like if you know that you, if people are working remotely and you know that you can get people to do lower paying jobs mm-hmm. and, but, and like cost of living, blah, 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 is say, I don't know, I'm at arbitrarily picking a state because I know nothing about the economy in particular states, but say like Texas or Louisiana, somewhere South where I know housing prices are cheaper. If you can sort of, I can see you at a corporate level being like, we can pay people less if they're working here because the cost of living is less. Right. So from a corporate lens being like, like removing all human, right. Human things, (laughs) the the human nests, which you really should do. I mean, that's capitalism rewards your bottom line. It doesn't reward treating people humanly. Right. Yeah. Right. Versus if they have people working in like LA. Right. Right. Maybe they're paying them more. I don't know. Either way, um, if there Either is way, a wage discrepancy, the, it's the problem. Yeah. yeah, it sucks. And if there's a wage yeah. discrepancy, that is totally a problem. And and the quote from their uh, comp- the vice president of salaries from Peloton, he says, it is entirely possible that two team members could be in the same level, but paid significantly differently. And he's referring to based on geography. Right. But they're saying significantly. So that's like a right again, strong that, it, word. That feels pretty gross, actually. <laughs> it does feel gross. So I'm actually yeah. really surprised this didn't take off more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm a little disappointed because even the sources that, who shared it are that, kind of crappy sources because like they didn't do a great job presenting it. Right. Because I mean, if if they're willing to own up to that, it's a pretty good indicator they do, that it's happening right here, <laughs> right? Like totally. Yeah. Oh, I 100% agree. Like yeah. the fact that their their vice president of like who does salary says right. that paid people are paid significantly differently for the same level job. Right. Yeah. Like that's probably not awesome. Well, and I mean, uh, I feel like I could go off on like a three hour tangent on this. So I'm going to read myself back in, but I will just say this. I feel like this, we see this with people of color. We see this with women. This is why I think we need to actually be talking about our salaries far more. I totally agree with you. Because it's that secrecy that allows yeah. that prejudice. We're too to polite continue. with with money. Yes, and I think that means that then people don't know. No, because how would you know if nobody's talking about it? And the only person yeah. that protects at the end of the day is the company. It's not protecting you as totally. a worker. Yeah, that, that's a really really good point. Um, I hadn't thought about that, but you're you're totally right. So they basically admit to paying people differently. Um, I'm a little disappointed that some better sources didn't try and find a bit that. more information. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, if people are sharing screenshots from the Slack chat, obviously they weren't, they're probably not working there anymore and they're not super worried about legalities or yeah, yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I feel like somebody 
who with actual journalism skills this, you're a journalist could you dig yeah. into this for us I think please? it's worth looking into because this is just last yeah. year so if this is right. not and this is at their peak heyday right well I feel like that's what right? also makes it extra gross right as you're like yeah you really don't have any reason to not pay people well if your company is doing well I totally agree with you yeah so there's that um okay so that's the horrible stuff then we get kind of funny only because of where we sit politically it becomes funny. <laughs> um, so the most controversial thing that was, has been said in a Peloton ride. Oh no. Oh, well, no, 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 you, no, no, you're, no, don't cringe. You're going to laugh. Okay. 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 So. Cause I feel like this, you, there are a lot of ways this sentence you're about to say could go. Right no, no. You and I will find this funny. Other people will not find this funny. Okay. <laughs> okay. So Jen Sherman, who's one of the original coaches so at the beginning of the pandemic, everything's closing down. Trump is president. And this is what she says. Oh, oh yeah. Sorry. Read it in the chat. Let me, let me... I'm, I'm, <clears throat> it's helpful if I tell you to go read something from the chat. Okay. <laughs> so I just put what she says in the chat. Trump is president. <clears throat> it's like so early in the pandemic that we're calling it the coronavirus. I can handle coronavirus taking down the White House, she said, but I cannot handle coronavirus taking down the NFL, okay? Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, she's clearly joking. She clearly is not a Republican supporter for that presidential candidate. Um, and oh, the, man. the conservatives lose their shit. Of course. Because, I mean, she's threatening the president. How dare you? Um, yes. So they, they delete this episode. They make a stance saying that we are for, we are not political, um, blah, 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 blah. But then bless their hearts. They come out later and say not that far. So then black lives matters really starts taking off, Yeah, which is really not that far into the pandemic. No, it was like, I can't remember timeline, but I feel like it was very early. it It was May. That whole year blurs together, but, um, then they go, their companies. So Peloton's chief content officer goes to the New York times. Um, because I guess all these Peloton instructors are talking about black lives matters. They've got a significant amount of, um, black instructors. Um, they've got actually very good. Like, I really don't think you could look at the mix of races, um, and like sexes within their, um, instructors and take issue with it. Like they're very diverse instructor pool. And so there's a lot of people bringing up Black Lives Matters and the company openly comes to the New York Times and says um, they back its instructors' vocal support of Black Lives Matters because racial justice is a matter of civil rights, not politics. Ooh. So I, uh, that's good. Good job. Yeah. That's yeah. like- the Conservatives are not enjoying Peloton. <laughs> so <laughs> Peloton is now only for half the country or whatever. <laughs> and then there's more criticism from the right-leaning individuals because they talk a lot about um, like- subtly talk about being pro mask in the sense that like, I remember a few times like Cody Rigsby, who's like this very boisterous instructor. He's probably the one that most people would recognize as a Peloton instructor, like outside of the Peloton world. Mm -hmm. And he'll be in a ride and he'll be like, I don't know why people care so much about these masks. It's a piece of cloth, put it on your face. It's going to be fine. Like he just like in passing, say stuff like that. Right. Um, He also, at one point I remember I was doing a ride with him 
And he said something on the lines of like, he was talking about clubs and he misses like club culture and everything. And he can't wait to be in a room with hot and sweaty people. And this is right when the vaccine's rolling out. He's like, I don't want to like push my grandma out of the way, but give me that vaccine. And he has like a little thing about how like, like he's like ready for the vaccine. He wants to go be around hot, sweaty people. Um, so that obviously wasn't super well received um, by certain people in the world. Right. But I, I thought it was funny and they didn't delete those episodes afterwards. So they're definitely more left-leaning in terms right. of- Well, I uh, feel the, like- the as, Politics as... that they don't subscribe to politics. Right. They definitely do-ish. Well, I feel like, I mean, it's the same in Canada, I was going to say in the US, but I think the, the, the binarization of yeah. politics in the US really does mean that whatever you're doing ends up being political so often because yeah if you're not for us you're against us instead well, of like the problem with a two-party system yeah instead right? of finding the middle ground huh? yeah yeah but also i mean when you literally pick like mm. two parties isn't a great it's on or off it's you know red or blue it's yeah yeah and you don't see people flipping between who they vote for the same way whereas in canada no. i feel like People just like rotate, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I would say most people I know have voted for multiple parties over the, yeah. their, the course of their lives. Yeah. It's like not uncommon, but in the yeah. States, it seems to be less. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's talk about fun controversies. Okay, good. <laughs> Are you ready to watch a YouTube video? I am. Okay. I'm going to put it in the chat. So this video is in November, 2019. Um, so that was the Christmas ad, basically like buy your wife a Peloton. <laughs> Oops. So weird that people didn't read that the way they intended it. <laughs> Just I, when you see stuff like that, sometimes you're like, did you, who's, who was in the room at the 25 stages that this got signed off on? <laughs> a bunch of guys that were like, this is so good. <laughs> so she like, her husband gives her a Peloton for Christmas and then basically she gets in really good sh- shape and is like, yay, I'm so glad I got my Peloton and nobody thought that that would offend anybody. <laughs> and then, so right. I love that you said there's Ryan Reynolds response is the next thing. <laughs> so what Ryan Reynolds did, and it doesn't, so he hired that actress for a gin ad <laughs> And then the gin ad, it's like her and two of her friends and they're clearly out and the friends are like, she's clearly just divorced her husband <laughs> and the friends are there like trying to like, what do we say? Blah, blah, blah. And then she drinks the gin. She's like, wow, this is smooth. They're like, drink as much as you like. <laughs> and they, so she's like downing the gin and then they're like, you look great by the way. And that's the <laughs> Um. So yeah, Ryan Reynolds, always a good idea. Totally. Um, the best part about this ad. So the ad is called the gift that gives back. Oh, that's worse. That's makes it worse. How did that, that made it worse. It did. But, but Ryan Reynolds makes it better by his calling his ad, the gift that doesn't give back. <laughs> Cause it's gin <laughs> gives you nothing Except for a really hangover. wicked hangover the next day. Um, do you want to have a guess at how much money peloton lost in stock because of that ad oh no just tell me 1.5 billion (laughs) dollars the people have spoken (laughs) it's so bad hey oh gosh that's it just I, i every time i see stuff like this i just can't fathom 
well, that's not true. I absolutely can fathom and I understand why, but they're just so many people had to touch that to get it to that point. And it still was made. And here we are (laughs) in one day, their stock dropped 9% and 942 million in one day. Market didn't like that ad guys. (laughs) And Peloton's response is they were disappointed by how people had misinterpreted the ad. Well, I'm sorry you feel that way. <laughs> I'm not sorry for what I did. I'm sorry that you feel that way. I'm about sorry it. that you feel that way. Yeah. Um, the the in my opinion, the best controversy was the Sex in the City controversy. Oh, 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 I'll have to add a spoiler disclaimer. If for any yeah. reason you want to watch the Sex in the City reboot and have not yet. Don't finish this episode until yeah, you go watch have. it until, um, and it's been a really long time. So this isn't like a new I'm sure, thing. but I'm still, I'm still That's working fair. my way okay, through the fine. series. So I, yeah, I actually haven't watched it yet, but I don't care about spoilers. Like I'm the person that's like, just tell me the whole story and I'll watch right. the movie. I'd rather <laughs> yeah. just know now. Okay. So in December, 2021, 2021 was not a great. I was just going to say, I feel like this was, I'm not surprised that they ended up playing off a lot of people given the context of. (laughs) So the, and just like the, and just like that is the, um, sex in the city reboot. Uh, and it airs and I don't know if it was the, was it the first episode of it? I think it was the first episode. Hey, yeah. First. Yeah. Um, Mr. I don't know. It's so funny. He died. I shouldn't laugh. I know. He's I know. Ra- he's Chris, a- Chris Knopf's <laughs> character is written out. <laughs> I, I actually never liked him. Give me a little sidebar. He is like the epitome of a toxic male personality. He... And the fact that it took them this long to realize that and kill him off the show is just I whatever. Mean, he was, but... I, I, I dated him on again, off again for five years in my twenties. I mean, you found not your Chris Noth, but like basically, <laughs> right. Like, yeah. And I no. was, it, it was just so crushing to me to have her end up with him in the end because it just felt like, Oh, he changed. Oh, this, no, he, changed. he didn't. He like left you. At he's the like, altar. like he's literally a <laughs> sorry, toxic but... masculinity in a package he has strung you along Anyways. your entire relationship. Anyways. Finally, the script writers were like, God, this guy is awful. So he <laughs> has a giant heart attack after riding his Peloton. The thing is, they had Jess Sims, who's actually a Peloton instructor, like on the show. Like, I guess they had her record it to be like a fictional Peloton instructor to make it more realistic. Peloton knew that she was going to do that. They didn't know the context. Oh, um, that feels like a miss. And I don't know if she knew the content. I don't know. I mean, she's still working there. I suspect if she right. like, although right. she's a really popular instructor. I love her. Um, anyways, so he has a jammer on the Peloton bike and dies and gets killed off the show. Very unexpected. Yeah. Like um, literally the first episode and the first, you know, 40 minutes of it are spent like, like laying the groundwork of like how happy Carrie is and how yeah. beautiful they are together and how fulfilled their life is and how yeah. like, and this is finally it. it. And then she, and she actually finds him like before he's completely dead. And then he dies in her arms just to really like mm, drive the knife in a little deeper about how much we're all supposed to hate it. <laughs> So the people also speak about this in terms of the Peloton stock. Their shares fell 11.3% the day after 
the show aired. That's even more than the uh, give your wife a Peloton for Christmas ad. <laughs> and like, honestly, offing Mr. Big was a good thing for society because he was just <laughs> not a good person. Um, and then the stock plunged to a 19 month low, like a pre-pandemic low in the 48 hours following the show airing. Oh, geez. This prompts the company. It's like, like a Peloton free spoke. Oh yeah. So now Peloton has like their PR person in public (laughs) being like HBO procured the Peloton bike on their own. Peloton was aware that a bike would be used in the episode and that Jess King would be portraying a fictional Peloton instructor. We didn't know they were going to kill Mr. Big. We didn't do this. (laughs) Like this isn't endorsed by Peloton. We didn't kill him. This isn't real. He's not a real person. (laughs) The irony is they probably, when sex in the city approached Peloton, they were probably like, fuck product placement. Hell yeah. (laughs) And I bet they didn't. Cause I could totally see they're like, we're just going to do a scene. Mr. Biggs riding the bike. Just, it's going to be a Jess King class. And they were probably like, okay, yep. That sounds great. And then they were like, and by the way, we're going to kill him and your stock shares at the same time. So, um, Ryan Reynolds, do you remember his response ad to this? No, cause I hadn't watched no. it. So I was like filtering all of it out of my awareness until I actually watched it. Cause okay. I didn't want to know. And then well, by the time I got around to it, nobody's talking about it anymore. So do you know why nobody was talking about it anymore? Cause Chris Noss was the accused of sexual assault. So anything oh. related to him got pulled. So there was a, so Peloton. Turns out he was a bad person in real life too. In real life too. Uh. So um, Peloton, because the first time they put out an ad that didn't do that, like Ryan Reynolds rebuttal, like did so well (laughs) making fun of their ad. So they go to Ryan Reynolds and they're like, can you make a rebuttal ad? Like, can you help us? Please, sir. (laughs) Can you help? So he makes an ad with Jess King and Chris Knopf. That's very short-lived. You can't even find it online anymore. It's oh, I'm sure you could find it like archived somewhere, but it's not. I couldn't. One of those like, like web web archive sites that yeah I found out existed a couple of weeks ago. Totally, um, but it's all pulled because um, Chris Noth is a bad person. So yeah, I mean that's that's really that's Peloton. That's uh, so it's about it. It's an expensive bike, and there's lots of classes. It's overwhelming if you don't like choices. so much for listening to meet me in the middle we really appreciate your support and if you could do us a big favor and subscribe and share this podcast it would mean the world to us